When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. From the grassroots to the elite, from the juniors to the pros, covering the Aussies trekking the globes to the champions internationally. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to this uh, Monday night edition of the First Serve. And as Jack just mentioned, of course, on Time On, this is the great part about the radio station. We just keep going. We're here to entertain. We're here to keep your company. We're here to cover all sports, which this station does beautifully 24-7. There might be a very, very big hiatus in the tennis season, but for now, we just keep ploughing along. And if we get desperate... My co-host will just relive all the great stories of his career. Uh, Brett Phillips, not alongside Sam Groth, but I feel like he's close by. Grothy, good evening. BP, good to be here, mate. I am close enough. I can hear your voice. That makes it good enough for me. (laughs) Indeed. Hey, we've got a big show coming up tonight. There's a lot bubbling around in tennis, as there is in all sport, and We've seen the NRL basically shut its doors for an indefinite period in the last hour. The AFL yesterday, the A-League likely to probably follow tomorrow. The Olympics, we feel like a decision is fairly imminent. I mean, all the sports are are falling into line, Grothy. It's just extraordinary times. I mean, we're here to talk tennis and you played the game at the highest level, but you also have a great passion for sport right across the globe. It's, uh, it's it's just bizarre times, isn't it, to have no sport to watch or to be a part of? Yeah, it certainly is. Obviously, watching the footy over the weekend, it was incredibly strange watching Thursday night with no crowd. But then by the end of the weekend, you sort of got used to the, the changing sound of the game. And I know I loved watching the Swans be able to get out and especially oh. get a win over Adelaide when I know how much Leighton loves them. Oh, yeah, I rubbed into him just a little bit. But, uh, you know, and yeah, then yeah. it was almost like something to look forward to in the midst of everything that's going on. And then, obviously, now we've lost that and the rugby league shut down. And, yeah, it's sort of hard to know what we're, what we're all going to do with ourselves, to be honest. Yeah, it's a, just a really strange uh, period that we're all trying to get ahead around. And as I think every host on SCN has said, we feel for you. And if we can add some comfort, just the radio being on in the background, if you're working from home, you're just sort of contemplating the next period of your life. I mean, Grothy and I are, are no different. We're in that same boat. We're all got that uh, little period of uncertainty and we're all trying to uh, navigate our way through. Grothy, you obviously, you know, close to the tennis scene with former players, uh, you played around a golf, as you said, with Leighton the other day and a few others. Uh, what's sort of the, the general discussion? You're, you're just getting from the vibe around the tennis tour with all these players that we see on social media every day just trying to find ways to get through what is an uncertain period and an indefinite period. They don't know. I mean, technically, yes, they're saying 8th of June the tour may resume, but there's no certainty to that. What are you, what are you hearing around the traps? Well, it's exactly what you just said, though. It's uncertainty, and I think... Normally when you come in and you do an off-season through December, you know come the first week of January you're back on court. Well, this time you have no idea. And, yes, they're all working towards that June 8 date. But 
I mean, I just find it hard to believe with the way things are still escalating and everything's playing out that there's any chance that we see any tennis in Europe, you know, at, at all. Um, I, I think Wimbledon's going to be probably the next one to go. And, you know, we've seen the French Open pick themselves up and, and just throw themselves into the calendar. And we'll definitely be touching that over the course of the next little bit. But it, it's just uncertainty for everyone. And I think... Yeah, it's something we're probably going to discuss with a lot of our guests tonight, but what does yep. the tennis tour really do now, I guess, to uh, probably unify itself? Because it's been a very, very split sport for quite some time with the ATP and WTA running two separate tours and coming together at certain times and the ITF, supposedly mm. the governing body who, who controls the sport, in my opinion, becoming less and less relevant. I've stated that you know, not just now, but for for a long period of time now, especially with the changes in the Davis Cup. It's going to be interesting to see how all of these groups come together now and, and reconfigure the calendar, um, but probably an opportunity for them actually to, to to become unified for once. And not unified necessarily in the WTA and, and ATP existing as a, a single organisation, but just to actually all get on the same page for once. Yeah, there's certainly a, a big picture to be addressed and with the lull in the sport, it maybe allows that to um, maybe come to fruition more. We earlier today caught up with Vashik Pospisil, who's probably been the most outspoken of the players, Grothy, on the ATP tour. You know him, you played against him, and we'll bring you that chat a little bit later, but he hasn't been backward in coming forward with his views on how the game should be shaped. No, he certainly hasn't. And obviously being involved in those player meetings when I was still on tour, he hasn't uh, changed the way he goes about it either. He's, he's been always vocal in, in getting and trying to get the best outcome for the players. And, you know, some people are quite happy and players are quite happy with what they've got right now. And they see, you know, their five minutes is their time to do what they need to do. He's definitely one that looks towards the future for the players. Um, and, yep. and we, like you said, we were lucky enough to chat to him early today. And, and, you know, he wasn't backwards and coming forwards in that chat either. So um, I think there's a lot of players and he sits on the player council. So he's a voice for a lot of players. Um, mm. But, you know, I just, I think for him, he, he's sitting at home. There's a lot of uncertainty, but you know, it is a time for the players, I think, to stand up and get what they need out of this as well. That to come tonight. Also, the CEO of Tennis Australia, Craig Tiley. Interesting predicament with the Labor Cup. So we'll explore that. But we wanted to go straight off the top of the show to London, to the International Tennis Federation, who govern the sport globally, to their president, David Haggerty, who's been good enough to join us off the top of the show. Morning to you over there in the UK, David. Well, uh, good evening to you. Nice to have you on the program. There's obviously a bit of ground to cover, but just the impact of the coronavirus on on tennis worldwide. Uh, I mean, this is a huge global sport, over 200 member associations, so many participants on the court, off the court. Can you just give us a feel of you and your team and and what you've been sort of going through in the last couple of weeks as you deal with it from a a tennis perspective? Uh, Sure, I'd be be happy to. Well, actually, back in in February, we had set up um, a COVID-19 team internally, a task force, to just prepare for what could happen. And uh, again, I think we've had, you know, lots of conversations with our, uh, with our stakeholders, um, watching carefully what happens from a medical perspective and using facts to help uh, inform us and, and make decisions. And uh, as you're aware, the, the tennis calendar is, uh, is postponed at this point in time until the, the 8th of June. And uh, again, it's had a tremendous impact, not just on, on tennis, but on world sport, of course. 
um, and we feel for you know the players, uh, the tournaments, uh, spectators that that want to be watching tennis. I think it's uh, an unusual time for all of us, and you know for us it's it's keeping the health and safety of the players, of uh, you know the officials and and spectators top of mind as we deal with something that you know we've never dealt with before. And David Sam Groth here. We had the chance. Uh, earlier today to speak with Vashek Pospisil, and we saw the French Open this week uh, move their dates without consultation, it seems like, of anybody. I just want to play you a little grab when I asked Vashek about the relevance of the ITF at the moment. I don't know what the relevance, because clearly uh, it doesn't seem that the governing bodies have much power if, if uh, you know, an individual event can just make such a dramatic move it's, it's it's very clear that that there are you know especially the grand slams that they're just their their own they're their own entity you know they're their own events and so i think what what needs to happen in my opinion i mean look, i mean if i was you know running the show and this is just this is just my my opinion and it's, i don't know if this is what's going to happen or not but you know there needs to be uh, some kind of penalty or repercussions for this because you can't i mean it would just set a horrible precedent if if you know you just kind of let this slide now I've played on tour for a long time. I've known you for a long time. And my understanding was always that the ITF had some sort of control over the Grand Slams. And given now that you've handed off control somewhat of the Davis Cup finals to Cosmos and the FFT has just picked up the French Open and have dropped it into September, what is the role, the relevance, and I guess the power of the ITF? And and are there any repercussions coming for for the FFT around Roland Garros being moved? No, I think tennis is uh, is organized uh, differently than some other sports. Uh, as as you know, we have really seven stakeholders: the ITF, uh, the two tours, the ATP, the WTA, and then the four Grand Slams are also very important. Uh, I think tennis, uh, you know, uh, does best when we collaborate together, and I think that is something that um, you know we we try to do, uh, and it's something that I think is important. And some of these recent decisions, I think, have gotten tennis, uh, you know, talking again, uh, trying to collaborate, looking at the calendar, because we know that what has just happened with, uh, you know, the cancellations or postponements of events is going to carry on, uh, you know, through June. And what, how does this impact the calendar? So I can tell you that there are conversations and dialogue going on with the the tours, uh, as well as other events to try to get an understanding of what the rest of the year is going to be like, uh, knowing that it's very difficult to predict right now what's going to happen in, in uh, you know, in six weeks, let alone six days. Uh, but I think it is important that, you know, the tennis works together. Uh, I think that there were conversations uh, before the announcement about uh, Roland Gar- Garros moving. Uh, and I think, uh, again, there were some people that were disappointed with the decision uh, and the way that it was done. Uh, and I think those discussions uh, are, are ongoing. David, can I just just follow up that just to totally understand who has the jurisdiction here? So are you basically saying that the Grand Slams run themselves and that at any time the Australian Open, Wimbledon, the US Open can just say we are going to change dates? And what, 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 I, what I'm trying to understand is who, who has the final 
say on that? So you, you say you're aware that there were discussions going on, but the rest of the tennis world have responded that, well, we were totally in the dark. So I'm, I'm just trying to understand. And I and we, we often don't discuss the politics of tennis on our show. There's so much going on and we have a limited time. But it's just an interesting point that's come out of the last week. We know all the tours are suspended and suddenly the French go, well, we're going to lob in a period where there's already some ATP and WTA events scheduled. There's a Labor Cup scheduled. So who has who has the the final say in that? Well, the uh, really it's it's tennis working together. It's the seven bodies, and that's why at times there can be situations that uh, like this that that can occur. But I think the you know commitment that the tennis most of the tennis bodies have, and hopefully all the tennis bodies have, is to work together. So it's not the ITF's role to say. Uh, an event can't do this or do that. I think that together with the tours and the grand slams, we try to work to look at the calendar, to look at what is best for tennis. And I think that's really the, you know, the goal that, that all of us have. Certainly it's the goal of the ITF to collaborate with the other uh, stakeholders in tennis uh, to grow the sport, to increase participation around the world. I understand what you're saying. I, I do. And I get that you're being diplomatic. And I just don't understand when you're saying there's seven stakeholders and one of them's the ITF and one of them's the FFT. And I, as far as I can gather, two of the five have had a conversation about this date being moved without the other five's knowledge. That That's how it sounds to everybody looking in. Is that not right? No, I think there were conversations uh before the announcement was made with uh, several of the stakeholders that, that were involved, but it wasn't uh, done, you know, not all the stakeholders were involved. It wasn't a, a conversation. I think it was a decision that was made uh, and, uh, and, dates, uh, and dates moved. So in that case, if everyone's working collaboratively together, what, what then happens to everything that was scheduled in the period that the French now wants to schedule themselves? Now, everyone's got to look after their own backyard. I understand that. And if the French Open didn't go ahead this year, you, you can understand the financial implications for the FFT. And that obviously filters down to all the other tournaments and the Labor couple have a chat to Craig Tiley about that very shortly. But what then happens to everyone else, all those events that are in that period? Well, I think that's uh, that's a conversation that's uh, that's going to be had uh, soon with all the stakeholders uh, as we get a better understanding of you know, the length of the delay, uh, because I think it's important for the players. Um, you know, the Grand Slams uh, do uh, contribute significant prize money to the players in their careers. Uh, at the same time, uh, all events and tournaments are important. Um, so it's, it's balancing between, uh, you know, all those different uh, stakeholders uh, as far as tournaments are concerned, trying to make, uh, to make good decisions. Uh, we know the players are, are anxious to get back and play when it's safe. And, uh, and I think that, you know, we'll be looking uh, with, our, our partners in, into uh, a schedule that can make sense uh, for the players to be able to re-engage and, and play uh, as soon as it's safe. David, I just have one final one. You're an IOC member. It seems inevitable that we are very close to hearing about the postponement of Tokyo. Certainly cancellation, not an option, but maybe a 12-month postponement. Obviously, the Olympic and Paralympic tennis events fall under the International Tennis Federation. Can you shed any light from your, your side of things? 
Well, uh, from from my ITF role, uh, let me let me address it that way. Um, certainly, we've been in contact, uh, constant communications with with the uh, IOC, and uh, we were very pleased and supportive of uh, their announcement yesterday um, that they will not cancel the Olympics, but they are. Uh, you know, there are other options that are being pursued and looked at. Uh, we think what is the most important thing is, you know, the health of and safety of, of the athletes are a priority, as well as uh, spectators that would be attending and the entourage and teams, because we know it's thousands of people that will be uh, hundreds of thousands of people that will be, um, you know, uh, attending the Olympics. So, uh, we will continue to work with the ITF we, or with the IOC. We think it makes sense that you know they take some time, not too much time, but enough time to really uh, understand uh, dealing with lots of complexities. And what we want is uh, a great uh, Olympics, a great Olympic tennis event for our athletes um, at the right time uh, that, that it can be enjoyed and the athletes can perform at their best. And we'll watch this space. Uh, thank you, David, for coming on the show. Obviously, a lot of water to go under the bridge in the world of tennis, no doubt. And uh, enjoy your Monday over there in London. Thanks, Brett and Sam. Take care. David Haggerty, President of the International Tennis Federation. Grothy, I, I, I don't come out of that any wiser as to who's totally running the sport. No, I mean... I just don't get, I mean, I wish we could have chatted to Vashik after we chatted to David Haggerty because I'm sure he would be so interested in that conversation that just went on where he continually named seven stakeholders. Now, I understand there's seven stakeholders, but seven stakeholders did not know about the FFT moving Roland Garros. Two stakeholders knew about it, apparently now where my, my understanding is that, that he knew about it. Now, the ATP and the players didn't know about it. I don't think the WTA and its players knew about it. And you just wonder whether, is it the vice president of the ITF is on the board of the, or is in charge of the FFT? Indeed he is. Yeah, and I just, you know, interesting that someone who's in cahoots with the ITF maybe goes and drops an event the same week as the Laver Cup, which is, along with the ATP Cup, and the the soon-to-come WTA Cup, a huge threat to these new-look Davis Cup finals, which basically went unattended. No doubt. After the break, we're going to get the Tennis Australia CEO, Craig Tiley's uh, viewpoint on all of this. You can keep up to date with the world of tennis uh, via our website, thefirstserve.com.au. You can go back and listen to all our past shows. We've got podcasts up. We're not going to stop uh, talking tennis, despite there being no action on the court. We've got daily written news features, thefirstserve.com.au, your one-stop shop. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'll check in with Craig Tiley next. And Canadian Vashek Pospisil will give us the player's view in this uncertain time in the world of tennis. You're listening to The First Serve. The First Serve, your home of tennis. It certainly is every Monday night. Brett Phillips alongside the uh, 2015 Newcomb medalist uh, Sam Groth and we're going to keep talking uh, tennis even though there's no tennis at the moment to talk about. The one thing we do know is that there will be no tennis at least before the 8th of June, which is the start of the uh, grass court season. So the clay court season wiped out. The big story last week was the French Open's decision to postpone Roland Garros to the 20th of September to the 4th of October. And that obviously conflicts with events on the calendar in that period. We also wanted to check in tonight with uh, Tennis Australia CEO, 
Craig Tolley, to get the lie of the land here at home, but also on a global stage, who's regularly talking to all the big heavy hitters in tennis. Craig, great to have you back on our show again. Uh, good to be talking to you guys. Uh, who would have thought uh, a couple of weeks ago when we saw you at Davis Cup, being the calls for a uh, Davis Cup against Brazil, we would be in this situation just less than two weeks later. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary, Craig, no doubt. I mean, just hearing the AFL today having to offload so many of their staff. I mean, I think the TA staff, your number somewhere around 600. I know that, you know, there's a lot of people that have now been forced to work from home, but just internally as an organisation, uh, what has this sort of done to Tennis Australia? Well, you know, I, I'm very proud of our, our staff. We it was, it was over a week ago, uh, not last week, but the week before, we encouraged everyone to start to self-isolate and go home and work from home and our team, our technology team had been doing a lot of work for the weeks leading in on preparing the business to be mobilized like it needed to be and and it's a it's a very different um, very different requirement working from home and, and the connectivity and the collaboration is critically important. So uh, they've done a magnificent job. It's been we're in you know, we're basically into our nearly into our uh, well second week, definitely nearly third week could be of doing this and and getting better at it each day, and um, and uh, but the, you know the environment does keep changing. It was a, a week ago we were everyone was still walking around, and today um, we're, we're in a very different different scenario. Um, so it's a so I think the, the it's it's not easy. This is unprecedented time for everyone. Uh, everyone's in the same boat, um, and uh, us as an organisation have a priority of making sure we have a safe working environment for our teams, and and then we put plans in place for the financial continuity of our business. Yeah, well, Craig, it's it's definitely a changing world, that's for sure. But it's also a changing tennis calendar. We saw the French Federation to Tennis this week pick up Roland Garros, throw it into September to coincide with an event that Tennis Australia, alongside the USDA and the ATP, are a partner in the Labor Cup. Um, it's an ATP-sanctioned event. And we actually just chatted to David Haggerty, and he outlined there's obviously seven stakeholders in tennis, um, the Australian Open being one of those. <laughs> he... It's not my understanding that this is what happened, but he said that those seven stakeholders were across the French Federation being able to change those dates of Roland Garros. Now, the statements that have been put out by the ATP, the WTA, by the Labor Cup would somewhat tell us different, wouldn't they? Well, look, first of all, I'd say I'm not in the shoes of the French Tennis Federation, so I can't comment on decisions that they make. Um, I, can, I can comment on decisions that we make. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'll just yeah just quickly address this because I, I think there's a few other critical issues raised to our sport that are important too. But but um, yeah, their, their decision to change that you know that I'm not again in their shoes. But um, but certainly um, the way the tennis world has worked historically is that um, there are seven governing bodies. They're very powerful, all seven of them, and they all have a stake. Uh, in, in the um, you know in the claim to periods and times in the calendar, and there's been a general respect for that, and and a collaboration and communication on the rollout of that. And in many ways, it's led by the ATP on the men's side and the WTA on the women's side, separately really set the calendars that the, the weeks of the Grand Slams are slotted into it. So, so it's worked well today. Obviously, we're in, we're in a crisis a crisis environment, and and things get thrown up in the air very differently. And and I'm pretty confident they'll all eventually be worked out because, as a group, we have to collaborate. And and uh, and ideally, you know, as, as is read in the press release, and, and I stand by that statement on the Labor Cup, and that's made. Is you know, that at this point, they're planning to go ahead, and 
in that statement. And then, and, and, you know, we didn't, there wasn't communication on it, but, but I, again, I cannot, I cannot comment yeah. on the process that they went through in the decision. I have one more question just on the back of this. So yeah. does the Australian Open, and I know you wouldn't do this, this is not saying that you would, because I feel like the Australian Open has worked probably the most closely for a long time with the players having been on the player side also, but yeah. Does the Australian Open and Tennis Australia have the ability then just to pick up the Australian Open and put it in whatever dates? Again, not saying that you would do this, but they felt without any repercussions. No, you would. We would. We would. Um, uh, yeah, we, it, it's it's a difficult question to answer because you. Well, I'm not. Uh, I know. I'm not. I'm not trying you, to put you into a situation. I apologize. No, 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 not at all. But it's it, you know that's where. Yeah, you know, we've done with any changes we've had. We've we've constantly advised and communicated on those changes and recommendations. And um, but we're in a different world right now, so we've got to be in a position where, um, like the rest of us, uh, the bodies, got to be in a position where we help each other and we support each other. At the end of the day, you know, we're going to support the tour. We're we're in close partner with the men's tour and the ATP Cup, and and we've got a propose. We had a proposal on the on the table for the WTA Cup, which is still being worked through with the women's tour. And, and these are great opportunities for the players, and we're proud of the fact that we can deliver for, for those events on their behalf. And then, of course, East Round Open. And, and um, now we're confident that this is going to this will resolve itself in the future, and, and we'll make decisions and make sure we we uh, keep everyone informed along the way. And and uh, there's going to be many changes to the calendar potentially as a result of this, and, and we've got to work together to get those changes. And I and I've always said, you know, change change is a hard thing, and and but to get to great outcome for the sport everyone's got to give something up everyone's got to give a little something up and and until you're prepared to do that uh you, you don't get to, to an ideal outcome um but i you know right right now our conversation honestly is, is we haven't been focused on the on the global tennis calendar and uh we're focused on our you know, four thousand coaches at home who uh who make a living out of this game and um and our staff you know that that also rely on on uh, a living from this game and and uh and we've got to do as best as we can to to keep the this, this sport propped up and to provide put some continuity into it so we can ensure that you know we come out of this and and uh we don't have another mountain to climb we can we can continue on and, it, and pe- a lot of people out there are hurting craig i'm definitely going to ask you one about the coaches back here because that was certainly on my list tonight but i just i just want to understand this uh, just on the back of grothy's uh, question in in the hierarchy of tennis i mean you've been involved in the australian you know sports administration scene for a long time you you obviously have you know connections to the the major codes and and understand their business we see the afl here have an independent commission who govern the game Yes, tennis from the outside looking in looks more complex and there's lots of stakeholders, as you said. But do you feel like tennis long term needs to get to a, a structure where there's maybe that independent body who oversee all the bits that arch off and all the tours? And, and, and it's hard to maybe look at the ITF right now. And, and what is what is their real uh, major purpose in the sport? We know they're there to govern the sport and grow participation and and help you know smaller member nations grow, but just the, the bigger picture of the sport, so that we can sort of get everyone on the same page. Because sometimes from the outside looking, it can look like tennis is at war quite a bit. I think you had ten questions in one there, Brett. So I'll try, I'll try and answer one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, not to squeeze a lot in, Craig. Uh, We're only here for an hour yeah. once a week. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good. And I'm, I'm happy you're there for a week and everyone listen. I know you've got some good fans. In fact, one of the people that helped us design the Plate of Earth Parkway, Mark Sapulis, always talks great about you guys. But, but and, I, and I enjoy what name. you do. You both do a great job. So thank you. The, the answer to that question is, I think I, you know, I, I, in my early days of Davis Cup captain, I, I was calling then in those days, uh, you know, I was traveling on the, the tour coaching as well. That it'd be so much better having an independent commission making one person decisions. The big challenge you have in our sport is you got you know uh, labor and management in the same in the same group governing the sport, and and it, that's never easy. It's complicated. But with that being said, um, the sport has really grown and thrived. You know, the grandstands, particularly those four, are amongst the most watched sporting events globally. Um, and that's you know, having four events like that in one sport in one in one calendar year is remarkable. So a lot of things have worked really well. Then, then if if you don't have an optimal governance structure and you have one that relies on collaboration and teamwork, you've got to have the right leadership in place and the right people that have that that cultural um, ethos and that cultural value that they're going to work in a collaborative way and they're not going to be feathering their own nest along the way. So. Um, if you have that kind of leadership, you get to great outcomes. And I'm confident that there's been involvement and change in leadership of tennis. We can get to that. It does look complicated from the outside. It's complicated from the inside. Yeah. But it's people. It's, it's a people leadership thing. And it, can, that, can this governance work? Yes, with the right people leadership. Is it optimal for it to be changed? Well, environments could change it. This is one environment that could possibly change it to get it better aligned. Is there an opportunity for it to be better? Absolutely. Now there's an opportunity for it to be better. But it would be the same across the board with every sport globally. There's opportunities for it to be better. And that's why I'm mean, highly optimistic. This is a, a horrible, horrible in, a circumstance we're in, in this, this coronavirus crisis. And, uh, and it's going to be a long journey to get out of it. It's going to be hard for a lot of people. Um, but we're going to come out of it. Um, there's going to be great innovations. And, um, and you know, I think we're going to start looking at the possibilities when we come out of it, how people are going to treat each other, how are we going to protect each other, how are we going to manage their health, and how's our health system compared to other? All these questions, there's huge opportunities. So so I, I'm looking at that, and we've got to look from our sports point of view, we've got to look at it that way too, because the moment we don't, then you'll just be you know, bickering and infighting and getting nowhere. Just two quick ones. So the Labor Cup, so the obviously the, the statement last week is that it's all systems go, we're going ahead. The outside looks in and says, well, how can that happen when there's going to be a Grand Slam at the same time? But you've obviously sold out one of the great sporting venues, TD Garden, there in Boston. For three days, you've got stars who are signed up. There's contracts, there's... Uh, broadcast partners. How, how do you get around all this? Is this is could could this become a legal battle at all? I mean, you've obviously got a lot at stake from a uh, a business point of view, from a tennis Australia point of view, because it's a it's a huge part of your business. Well, the labor the labor cup is one of those really cool new new um, uh, in the products on the on the on the market. It's, it's you know taken the world by storm in many ways and be really enjoyed and embraced by the players. And you know the the uh, uh, it, it has been sold out. That, that's you know as you saw in that press conference, but press yep. release. But but it's uh it, this is one of those things. This is too early to tell. It's it, you know there's still a lot of conversation that's got to take place, and we're part of that. We're not the only ones. Um, there's there's five owners of this event, event, and all all will be part of that conversation. And and um, the tennis world will work it out. I I'm uh, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not that worried about it. As I said before at the beginning, the thing that the thing that keeps me awake at night is uh, ensuring that our coaches and our clubs in Australia. Uh, have an environment where they where they can you know can take advantage of the of the of the what's being provided by the federal government and the state governments in small business loans and 
and some forward deferrals and, and tax deferrals yep. and, uh, and 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 you know, getting a communication out to all of our coaches and clubs, and then also to you know, work with our state bodies to ensure that we, you know, the one thing great about tennis, and I don't know if, I don't know if you guys said that at the top thing I did in the beginning of it, but the one thing that's great about our sport is we could actually practice all the requirements that have been put on us from a health perspective, and that is social distancing, you know, hygiene, washing your hands, uh, making sure that you're you know, you know, sneezing or coughing close to people and yes, people, and if you are sick, staying away. Well, you can have two to a court, one to a court, three to a court, four to a court, and you can practice all of that. You, you know, in most cases, you're five, six meters away from, from the person next to you, and um, and if you're conscious of things that you're touching and you're cleaning your hands before and after you play, and, and um, you know, you can still go up and do that. So we're trying to help the the local councils and the coaches. Yep. Um, and our state bodies as much as we can to keep these open public parks and and council courts um, open. We book this come and go, open the gate, go and, and have a bit of it, get some exercise because we're going to be isolated and we'll be locked up for a while. So if we can get out there and not disrupt um, the social distancing requirements we need to have, um, you know, tennis is one of the few that there's an option for that. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of coaches. Uh, you mentioned Mark Safoulis, a great friend of our program, and uh, who run their own businesses and who are working in, you know, with, with small groups of players, and, and hopefully they can uh, keep rolling out. But obviously, this is a, um, a very fluid uh, beast that uh, is updated just about every hour. So who knows what might happen in 24, 48 hours. Craig, really appreciate you coming on. We'll yeah. watch this space with great interest. We'll continue to talk the world of tennis. There's never a shortage of uh, content to talk about. And We'll see where it all lands yeah. uh, this year. Hopefully we can all get back out and watch some tennis. I think we will. And thanks, guys. appreciate the, the words you put out there. And, and again, just to reinforce the fact is that we're working tirelessly around the clock to show, ensure we've got environments where, we, where tennis can continue to survive and thrive and then eventually thrive again. And, um, and we'll do it across the board, whether it be global events, which is not a worry of ours right now, a worry of ours is, is, is what's happening here at home in, our, in, the, in the local environments and, and with the schools and coaches, the clubs. So I okay. appreciate your help always. Good stuff. Thanks, Craig. Craig Tiley, CEO of Tennis Australia. Uh, Yarra Tennis Coaching, uh, one of those great supporters of our Shane Scrutton. Dan, they're a beautiful Eaglemont just off the Eastern. Uh, of course, junior and adult programs, private lessons. Have a chat to Shane. He's a beauty. Yarratennis.com.au. Hopefully he is still uh, up and running like all the, the great coaching uh, businesses across Melbourne. Plenty to come. Varshek Pospisil. He's never backward and coming forward, the Canadian. He'll join us next on The First Serve. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the First Serve. Monday night, Brett Phillips and Sam Groth. Thanks to Top Agents Real Estate. Of course, I'll get the best outcome for you. If you're looking to rent, buy, sell, have your uh, um, investment property uh, managed, just get on to uh, Dave and the team, top-agents.com.au. Well, Grothy, you and I earlier today caught up with uh, the Canadian Varshik Pospisil. He's been on the tour for a long time, 29 years of age. He's currently... The uh, world number 93 had a very good start to the year. Has been as high as 25, had the back surgery, uh, which uh, saw him miss a lot of tennis last year. He actually joined the ATP Player Council, which have a, a fair say in, in tennis in 2018. And he had heard the whispers about maybe the uh, players not getting as big a share as they should out of the game, like other professional sports. 
He got onto the council. He's been very outspoken about his thoughts on how the game should be structured. And we started today's chat talking about the French Open's decision to move from May to September. My issue is, is not with the fact that, that the tournament got postponed, just to make that clear, because, I mean, there is almost, I mean, looking at the way things are going now, it looks like there's close to no chance for, for any tennis being played for, for a while. I mean, I, I'm, uh, you know, so so I was definitely in favor of, of having these events being postponed, obviously, but, the, you know, I think it was more the way they went about it, which, you know, put the tennis world into shock. You're seeing it globally. I mean, all around the world, countries, governments, everybody is, is coming together and communication is so important and team, like, you know, teamwork right now and, and getting on the same page and trying to, you know, everyone's been affected in such a negative way and, and been a tremendous impact on the world. So I think right now is we need to enhance communication work together. And I think, you know, they were put in a spot where they, they realized, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm jumping to the conclusions here, but I think, you know, maybe they, they felt that they wouldn't have had the approval of the other Grand Slams and the ATP and the events to take those dates, you know, and they just didn't want to take a chance. So I guess they just decided to make the announcement. But, I mean, there should have been a discussion between the other Grand Slams, the ATP, the, the ITF, the WTA, because, you know, what happens now if Wimbledon gets postponed or cancelled or, or US Open, and you need to look at the calendar and have this conversation in a big room with, with all the heads of the tennis and find what, what the best solution is. Nobody wants, you know, French Open to be cancelled. That's not in anybody's best interest, right? But but we you know, but it needs to be postponed and we need to find the right date and it wasn't it shouldn't have been their call to to choose any date that they wanted to choose at that moment. And there's obviously a reason why they decided not to talk to anybody before they made the announcement. So I think that's where they pretty widespread that the tennis world was quite upset about their decision. Yeah, in my understanding they're trying to be proactive I had heard whispers that maybe Indian Wells was going to look to jump in that slot after they lost their tournament, obviously, here earlier in the year. But I guess my questions around it, Vashe, it's probably two-pronged a little bit. Given the changing calendar this year and, and the way it is such a moving piece, but it's going to take time and everything's going to have to be reassessed through this year. But obviously with the Olympics moving probably into 2021, we saw Canada announced they've pulled out today. We saw Australia's made very, very similar announcements that they're not going to be able to send athletes. Is it time maybe for all the organisations, and I know this is something you've pushed for, but maybe the players to form a union and then all the organisations to come together and actually reassess the calendar as a whole? Absolutely. I think tennis definitely needs that. I mean, it, I think it's an inevitability. It will happen eventually. When that is, I'm not sure, but it, it's inevitable. It, it will happen. I think tennis needs needs that, and I think it needs also, as you said, like a union of, of the governing bodies. I think I think there's there's there needs to be cohesive functioning tour. And, and actually, uh, I'm very pleased with our new leadership on the ATP, and and I'm I'm very optimistic that uh, our our new chair and, and CEO that they'll be able to come up with a solution. I think that they have a vision. They, they have a plan. They're both very, very smart guys. They're leaders. I'm quite sure it's in their best interest that tennis is functioning at the same level in terms of cooperation between big events as uh, the other major sports of this world. So I think tennis is a little bit behind on that for sure. Using the word little is an understatement, but I think there's definitely room for, for growth and you know, we'll see what comes of it. It's interesting, Vashik. I mean, the, the events of the last week with you know the whole tour have been thrown into chaos and the French decided 
deciding to you know make their early move and it does maybe and this you know once in a hundred year event really highlight from the outside looking in the amazing governance structure of the ATP with the players having a say so I mean I go back 12 months ago when Chris Commode was outed and there's a lot of people who thought Chris Commode did a really good job but the players played a part so in terms of just you know maybe setting up a union the, the players though have had would you say have had a, a bit of a say though I mean I've to, to remove a, an executive chairman CEO 12 months ago was was fairly significant from a, a group of players I'm not sure how far that extended down the tree but obviously with Djokovic at, at the top there as the president he had uh, he had a fair say well yeah I mean of course you know one of the one of the arguments you look at is uh people like to use is you know tennis was was uh doing really well but you know it's 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 tough for tennis not to do well when you have the three biggest uh, the greatest players of all time in one era and i think you have novak uh, rafa roger i mean these are you could put them in a conversation for being some of the the best athletes for many sports i mean they're definitely what they've achieved is, is incredible i mean when you have these players playing uh, of course, you're gonna. The sport is. It will be. Will be doing well in terms of uh, its growth, and also, you know, all these events. They're doing a great job running their own events individually. I mean, you know, they, they they deserve a lot of credit for themselves in that argument. I think with with the previous CEO, I think I guess a lot of people felt that could tennis be doing better? Should it be doing better when you have these three great players? And when you actually look at the numbers and you compare it to tennis, to golf, and and all the other sports, I mean, they're they're making a fraction per mm. fan compared to all the other sports. So there's definitely a, a, a bigger picture and a bigger vision for for tennis, which is you know that that is out there. And I think there was a certain amount of people in our board and and that felt that there there could be you know that it might be time to, for a change of the guard more successful and i think it needs to be restructured and i think we're, we'll be seeing that now hey, Vashi, we've seen the atp the labor cup statements on the french open being able to just pick up and move my understanding when i was playing and, and as a whole has been that the itf is supposed to have control over the grand slams I, I figured that was part of their governance but it seems now more and more like the grand slams are controlling themselves whether it's their scoring system, the way they go about running their events, and obviously now picking whatever dates they decide to run their tournaments in the calendar. What's the next step from the ATP in terms of its clash with its own events, just the 250s that are going to run during those weeks, also the Labor Cup, which is an ATP-sanctioned event now, and I guess what's the relevance of, of the ITF moving forward if they don't have control over what, for example, the FFT does with Roland Garros? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I don't know what the relevance is because clearly uh, it doesn't seem that the governing bodies have much power if, if uh, you know an individual event can just make such a dramatic move it's 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 very clear that that there are you know especially the grand slams that they're just their their own they're their own entity you know they're their own events and so i think what what needs to happen in my opinion i mean i mean if i was you know running the show and this is just this is just my my opinion it's i don't know if this is what's going to happen or not but you know there needs to be uh some kind of penalty or repercussions for this because you can't i mean it would just set a horrible precedent if if you know you just kind of let this slide they at least need to retract their statement or retract that and then agree to to, to go into the room and have a fair discussion with all the with all the events because if, if you don't do that if you just let them kind of get away with this then suddenly you just have a completely dysfunctional tour and is that realistic though to ask them to retract their statement is that a possibility well i don't know i think well i think everything's a possibility because i mean the i would have never thought it was a possibility for them for them to to make that statement in the first place so i think it just depends on what what 
the stances that you make that you make with them, right? So uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not I'm not the one in charge. This is just like I said, it's my opinion. And but uh, I definitely think that they didn't go about things the right way. And and I think the the precedent that it sets is what you know is is even more dangerous. So there he is, Vashik Pospisil, uh, the Canadian who has uh, some pretty strong opinions about the governance of the game. Grothy and I are going to come back and wrap up what has been a big Monday night. We've flown through David Haggerty, Craig Tiley, Vashik Pospisil. We'll come back with some final thoughts here on the first serve. The first serve, we are done and dusted. Grothy, it's gone uh, very, very quickly tonight. Have you got one final thought before I leave you? Well, I think there's a lot more to play out, obviously. I don't know if Roland Garros is going to end up there. We've, we've heard everybody speak their bit, but I feel like there's still a lot of confusion on how this all happened, and let's hope that we are playing tennis by June 8. It'll be great to see everybody back on court, to be honest. Absolutely. All right, well, hey, you just keep honing your golf game. Look after your great pets at home. Everyone just stay safe. We're just in isolation. We're just taking it easy, enjoying a bit of home life. We'll continue to talk tennis. We'll catch you at 7 o'clock. Next Monday night here on SEN. No need to change the dial, folks. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.